The Catholics of Oz is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. The 1986 address of Pope St. John Paul II to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders reads in part, You are part of Australia, and Australia is part of you. And the church itself in Australia will not be fully the church that Jesus wants it to be until you have made your contribution to our life, until that contribution has been joyfully received by others. The Catholics of Oz would like to acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the first peoples and traditional owners and custodians of the land and waterways on which we live. We honour and pay our respects to elders past and present. You're listening to episode 102 of The Catholics of Oz. The Catholics of Oz is a show where we discuss faith, culture, and what's been happening from an Aussie perspective. Whether it's synods or science, apostolates and apps, providence or productivity, you can hear it right now on The Catholics of Oz. Hello and welcome to episode 102 of The Catholics of Oz. My name is Lindsay Sands, one of the hosts of this show, coming straight from Australia to you, wherever you are. And I'm joined today by my still here, still still shining sister, Caroline Knight. Caroline, how are you today? I am okay, thank you. I'm looking out the window. <laughs> the sun is out. I can see my flowers are all happy and it's making me happy. So yes, thank you. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Yeah, Caroline and I have been feeling a bit wonky. Yeah, for various <laughs> reasons. Morning. A couple of different health reasons, but we're getting yeah. there. But yeah, yeah, it's good to have you here, Caroline. And Thank of course, you. we are joined by Lino Sabol, our brother from another mother. Yeah, <laughs> so true. <laughs> He's basically a brother. Yeah. I, I have is. no response to that. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, you don't feel like you're a brother to us? What, what, do, you, what do you say, Lino? Yeah. That's right. You are a brother to us. That's it. Come on. We are. We are. Yeah. We're all brothers in Christ. Definitely, and I mentioned definitely. so many times, Lino, how we've known each other since we were five years old and now we're in our 40s. Right. So like, you know. 40s. <laughs> we have to admit it. We're in our 40s. And yeah. Well, de- definitely. You sometimes feel it, Caroline. And Le- oh, well, Lindsay, yes. Oh, I Le- tell you, I'm feeling oh, it. I'm in my forties. I'm feeling oh, it too. Yeah. Oh. I need a T-shirt also that says forty and feeling it. Don't worry. <laughs> yes. <It's all> right. <laughs> or forties and feeling. Forties and feeling yes. it. Yep, yep. Doing well, yeah. guys. Doing well. Look, um, hello everyone from who's listening. Um, yes, like Caroline said, the sun is out and looks beautiful outside. Um, it's a bit crisp. Like everyone knows, it's winter here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we all know that. Yeah, we're get, catching nearly, nearly not everything, but we're getting colds and flus and everything. But vaccinations are back, and all that stuff. We're going to try to keep ourselves all well and happy. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank Caroline for the um, beautiful rosaries um, I ordered on Etsy. And, um, yes, thank you for ordering them for me. I <laughs> I made them and I put them up on social media, and you're like, I want to buy these. I'm like, okay, this, and yeah. I sold out immediately. <laughs> so I'm grateful to you for buying. Lino, them. you're damaging her. You're damaging her business, Lino. She didn't even have a chance to have them up on the site. They went up and they went down straight away. She can't even advertise. Okay, them. I bought more supplies. I'll be listing them again. And they're absolutely beautiful. And um, of course, they glow in the dark. So in the times yeah. when we um, pray, oh, look, look uh, us Catholics know how to pray our rosary. We, uh, we feed it through our fingers. We know where the um, I believe and the Our Fathers and during the um, the decades. But I like to use the glow. Yeah. I put it in my, on my car. Oh, actually, I have to grab them. <laughs> better, better that second <laughs> <for> them. <laughs> 
I'll have to make you some more. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, I'll put them on my dash, you know, over how we, mm. in a sense, I'm not sure if that's uh, legal, but anyway, but like it's glowing and, and reminding me of um, Mother Mary and then. At times, mm, just do nice. so. Start praying on the um on the monash, just making sure that you're okay. You know everything like that. Aww, so, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Caroline. Nice. Thank you very much. Uh, no, thank you too, Lino. It's, yeah, it's awesome. I'm glad you love them that much. Very nice. It's, it's very nice. easy to hold rosary be- beads and drive on the monash because <laughs> you're not going anywhere in the morning <laughs> anyway. That's so, it. Yeah, it's a park car park. Yeah, yeah. And before we continue, this podcast contains no paid advertising for Color Chic. I see from Caroline's business. So does that. <laughs> Color Chic spelt. <laughs> 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 on Etsy, that name again. and we'll put yeah. it in the we'll put it in the show notes so we don't advertise notes. it any further. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. So, um, with that in mind, before we get banned, let's continue. <laughs> so, uh, if you're new to listening to the Catholics of Oz, uh, first of all, welcome. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating and some positive feedback because that way we can reach new people, which is what we are all about. SQPN also hosts the Catholics of Oz on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and type SQPN or StarQuest and you can subscribe there. Don't forget to hit the bell to get new notifications when episodes are released. So with that in mind, (laughs) Caroline, I'm giggling because... I'm looking at the show notes while you're typing in Color Chic. Have a look. <laughs> it's the website for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, let's move on and let's start by talking about Faith Beyond Borders. Oh, I'm actually feeling rather good about this. I think we've all arrived at a very special place, eh? Oh. Spiritually, ecumenically. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? Welcome to my world, son. You come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. Yes, I had to work very hard to pass Latin and theology. Oh, quite. Those are, of course, the most important things. Oh, yeah. I'd sit this one out, Cap. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. So, Caroline and Lino, uh, a topic, I guess, that's related to some of the other topics that we've been talking about in the past. I guess I might frame it by looking, by putting it this way. I feel like there's a sense, a desire, a need for renewal in the church at the moment. By that, I, what I'm talking about is a renewal, a, a renewed sense of, of mission, of missionary discipleship, of understanding what it means to be church, you know, in the world and what it means to be the face of Christ for the world. And uh, I get that sense from all the different things that have been happening. So even last year, we, we had three podcasts, I think it was one after the other, where it was like, let's talk about the Plenary Council. Let's talk about the Take the Way of the Gospel. Let's talk about the Synod on Synodality. So, you know, all these, all these movements right from the, the local to the global church, um, it's all about renewal, right? It's all about how can we be the face of, of God in the church? Some people maybe cynically have said that this is because we're seeing reduced numbers of people in our churches and it's a numbers game. And some people might say it's a response to, I don't know, less priests or whatever else it might be. Um, I mean, those are symptoms of a lack of renewal in the church, but renewal can't be motivated by those things. Renewal needs to be motivated by our, our fidelity to the spirit, to what the spirit is calling us to do you know, right now here in, in the here and now. So with that spiel in mind, uh, the, with that little introduction in mind, on that continuing journey of renewal, 
uh, I attended with four parishioners from my from my local parish um, a session that was run by the Archdiocese of Melbourne Proclaim team, and the session was about parish renewal. So now going right from the synod to the plenary council to take the way of the gospel to our own little parish, <laughs> our own little parish church. This uh, renewal is hopefully anyway creeping into every corner of the church, and I think it's really important now for us to help make other Catholics aware of this important the importance of, of renewal um, to say maybe that things might be looking good around you in your local parish, but that doesn't mean that you can now just maintain what you have. Renewal is a, is a continual process and it, it needs to go on and on and on. Now, Lena, your wife, um, the lovely Bernadette, was also there for this session, so I'm sure she's told you a few things about it. <laughs> yes, she did, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we all, we all came away very positive from this session. So what I wanted to do today is just share just a few tips on parish renewal that, that I learned, that I received, that I thought were really helpful. In case anyone out there is also working on parish renewal, this is maybe something that you might find really helpful as well. The day was divided into three sessions, and I'm only going to go really through the first two and maybe a little bit of the third. And now this is like, you know, three separate hours of presentation. I'm not going to do three hours of (laughs) (laughs) notes for you. I'm just going to go through the the spark notes. By the way, just guys, feel free to interrupt if anything that you hear like really sticks out and you're like, oh yeah, I want to say something about that. Just tell me to stop ranting and raving about this and I'll I'll be quiet for a bit, (laughs) but only for a little bit. so we know so yeah yeah. you you know you know the drill right the first session was hosted by a leadership coach called ron huntsley now ron is from canada and he runs a basically a leadership coaching uh that's his that's his business what he does but he runs it um in particular for churches so coaching in leadership in the church and in particular in parishes and parish renewal is a big thing for him so I found out later on after listening to him that he has a podcast, you know, he has a whole, you know, he's got video podcasts on YouTube, he's got, he's got a regular podcast. I started listening and I'm really loving what this guy has to say because he's very charitable in, in his approach to renewal um, and also very honest as well. And I've really, I've really enjoyed what he's had to say. And he's not, I don't know, sometimes when you hear of leadership coaches, you can either have people who are complete fakes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or get people who come across as authentic. And this guy came across as authentic, which is really good because sometimes you've got people who just do the script, right? Here's the script, I'll present it, thousand bucks, see you later. He didn't come across like that at all. He seemed genuinely like he cared. And what was really good was is he stayed back to answer questions and he's coming to Melbourne in November to do more coaching with parish priests and things like that too. So he really cares about what he's what it is that he's presenting. Mm. So um, he said... He said uh, the following things on on um, on parish renewal. So he used um, Abraham and Moses as models of this about how you know God called and immediately they said yes. They weren't entirely prepared for what they were supposed to do, but they said yes and they relied on God and and through their reliance on God and their relationship with God, they were able to do the great things that God called them to do. So we're not called to be Moses or Abraham, but we are called to be. However, we can, um, you know, people in our parish who, who support renewal who are led by the Spirit. So he said, a parish that's vital, you know, that's alive. First of all, it owns its leadership to to support missionary renewal. So owning leadership means that you don't just appoint anyone a leader, and you don't just appoint your best friends to be leaders in parishes, but you appoint, uh, you own the leadership structure. You have the control over what it is, what its purpose is. And the vision that it's trying to live out for the parish. So the idea that a parish would have a vision and follow it. So 
owning leadership means that basically, not like control, but it means that leadership is deliberate. It has a focus. It has a purpose. It's, its focus is sharpened towards whatever goal or goals the parish is trying to reach. So that's the first thing. The second thing he said was that the following things, um, it requires an, that uh, parish renewal requires an openness to the following. So the first thing he said is that for a parish to be renewed, it needs to have a vision that comes or that is rooted in our relationship with Jesus. So coming up with a vision is great, but if Jesus isn't part of the picture, then it could be a vision for anything. Yeah, so it needs to be Jesus focused. Yeah. Uh, because if it's Jesus focused, it's mission focused as well. Yeah. And it, um, and it, that, and it means that we're relying on God to be involved in, in the mission as well, rather than saying, well, our vision is that we have a thousand extra people by, you know, by February next year. But what does that mean, right? That's any business could do that, right? Any, anyone could say we want that. But this is really about making it, making it Jesus focused. So whatever vision a parish comes up with, it needs to be rooted in not just in Jesus, but in a relationship with Jesus as well. It needs to demonstrate that the community has a relationship with Jesus or, or, you know, or deepening of that. Renewal requires unwavering commitment. So what he means is that along the way, on the path of parish renewal, there are going to be challenges and there's even going to be pushback because sometimes there are people who in the parish who may not understand the need for renewal or may not agree with the type of renewal that's being discerned or just outright, outright antagonistic as you might have from time to time, right? But he said that leaders who want to do renewal their commitment is unwavering regardless of whatever challenges you might face. He said it also requires a commitment to stay when sacrifice is required. So we sacrifice time. As you know, a lot of people who volunteer in parishes have full-time jobs. <clears throat> Me, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of us, you know, we do things in our parish, but then we also have full-time jobs. We have families. We have all kinds of things going on. So sometimes we have to make sacrifice. Now, he's not saying sacrifice your family, sacrifice your time. But the thing is, sometimes you're just going to feel busier than normal. And we just have to be prepared to get through those times. And I think the key thing to remember is that we don't go through those times alone either. It's, you know, this is, he's talking about a team-based effort. This really needs to be a team-based thing. It's not an individual trying to renew a parish because that's doomed to failure anyway. So this is a team making a joint sacrifice, not one person taking a sacrifice on for everyone else in the team, if that makes sense. And he was saying that the benefits of that really is that if the team can navigate through pushback and through difficulties and come out the other side with a sense of a renewed parish, then you've done, you know, you, you, your unwavering commitment has, has got you there. So essentially, unwavering commitment is the same as our commitment to Christ, really, right? At the end of the day, we're committed to renewal because we're committed to Christ. We, we don't give up on Christ and we don't give up on renewal at the same time. The two things are intertwined. Mm. So that was the, the next thing he said. Then he said the other thing is parish renewal involves making others great. So he said, seeing the best in others in the parish and bringing it out of them. So it's not that you have, for example, a leadership team or a parish council or people who lead groups or whatever else whose job is just to be leadery, right? It's that your, um, it's that your role is to recognize the gifts of others and bring it out of them. You know, get their, uh, you know, make other people great too. So while we're trying to renew the parish and make it great, it's only great because the people in it have, you know, they've been supported to be great too. And we know that there are a lot of people in our parishes who are, who are passive, who, who come in and leave after mass and maybe don't feel a sense of connection. So recognizing and supporting and helping others to be great in the parish is really important. And that includes the cultivation of great leaders too. That's a, an, an important part. 
In terms of making other other people great, he said, um, when you're identifying leaders, you know, a great parish, he said, has a culture of leadership. And he said, here are some things to remember when identifying leaders and making them great. He said, first of all, identify people of capacity. So, And by capacity, he means people who are also good at making others great. They may not be able to do that yet, but you can see it in them. And he said, they may not even be close to Christ yet. They may not actually have a deep relationship with Christ, but they have the capacity for all those things. So when you identify, don't look for the perfect person. Look for people who have this potential that can be grown and cultivated. Like none of us start out as great leaders. You know, we, we all start, you know, and in fact, no one ever becomes the perfect leader. We're always on the way to refining our leadership to meet the needs of the time. So uh, look for people who have that, that capacity for leadership, you know, convince them, show them that leadership is a pathway that they need to be on and create a pathway where they feel like they can belong and believe in you, in your parish. Then it says, recruit them. All right. Tell them that, you know, I, I feel like you can be part of something significant. And he calls it the, I see in you conversation. So what do you see in them that you identify that they can help to support the vision of the parish? So I see in you. Uh, he also said, don't just give roles in the parish to people who have free time. It's not about finding who's got time to do it. It's really about finding people who have the capacity to do it as well. Yeah. And so mm. they said, sometimes it's actually good to give roles to busy people because they just get things done. I remember um, Father Michael Shadbolt years ago. So remember, Lena, you remember when we ran Men Alive? Yes. There was the Men Alive conference in yes. our parish, right? Yeah. So Father Michael asked me to come along and listen to these presenters and, and what they had to say. So we're there in a room of about 10 men. Uh, listen to, you know, they made the pitch, you know, this is about helping men in the parish who, you know, to come along and be more involved. You know, this ministry was based on men who just sit there and don't do much. Or it's to support, (laughs) you know, women who have men in their lives who don't go to church to support them to come along on this journey to encourage them to be more involved in the church. So all this, so, you know, everyone's like, yep, great pitch. Sounds really good. Father Michael turns to me and says, you know, basically, I want you to help run this. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, I think I remember that. And then he turns, yeah. And he turns to the to the, um, the guy who did the pitch and said, what I know is you've got to give this to a busy person. That's my father, Michael, voice, by the way. He goes, give it to a busy person. That's what he, and so that's what happened, right? So here I was, this busy guy trying to set this, yeah, help set this thing up. But thanks, Father. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, Father Michael. In his time as parish priest, he threw me under the bus several times, and that was one but of them. But he loved yeah. you. He relied on you. He really trusted you. That's why. But I never threw him under the bus. I never had a chance to. <laughs> so, um, yeah. His he time was good is at not letting people throw him under the bus. <laughs> he was very good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it is a thing, right? It, it's true that when you give a job to a person who's busy, they'll get it done, if that makes sense. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. And that's not, to say, that's not to say, oh, that person doesn't look busy, don't give it to them either. But it's, it's just about ensuring that your only motivation shouldn't be, this person's got time on their hands, let's give them something to do. Mm. It, it needs to be more than that. Mm. The, so that's the recruit. Then he said, invest in the people. So um, don't just jump, you know, throw a role onto them, but also invest time. And by that, it means, um, you know, it might be money, it might be training, but it also means spending time with them as well. So he was saying that see your leaders at least once a week or at least once a fortnight or once a month, whatever it is, right? But always catch up with your leaders to, to support them, to see how they're going with their role to help them discern where their role might be changed or, or updated in order to support the, the goal. And he said, um, basically, support them to embrace the God-sized vision of the parish. So, so that's the invest. 
The next part is to empower them with responsibility. So by empower, it means um, when you give them a job, let them do the job. Um, don't interfere too much if that makes sense. You know, we call it, you know, that micromanaging, right? So they've got a role in the parish, support them, check in with them, but don't necessarily tell them how to do their role like you're controlling them, like a chess piece or something, if that kind of makes sense. They're not pieces on a board. They're people you've entrusted with a role. So let them do the role. Obviously, when a person, if it looks like they're not doing the role correctly, that's discernment. Discussions, that also has to happen. But don't constrict them. You know, like don't say, here's your role now, constrict their ability to do it. Because mm, okay. people are endowed with creativity. They're endowed with ideas. Mm. You know, they, they need to be free to, you know, to try and to fail and things like that, um, you know, and then to be encouraged. And that's where success and failure can be discussed at those those meetings I was talking about, those those frequent meetings. The other thing is support them, all right? So, for example, affirm when they're doing great things. You know, make sure that they know you've got their back. If you just throw them out into the ether and they don't feel like they're being supported, then they become disengaged Yeah, yeah and they, from the vision, right? They, they become disengaged from the vision and they start questioning, well, what, what am, am I, I doing? doing and, right? Yeah. And lastly, he said, these people that are identified as leaders form them into multipliers. And what he means by that is, we don't just want a group of six people to be leaders in the parish. We actually want everyone to be leaders who buy into this vision, right? And leadership means different things for different people. There are all kinds of leadership, right? But if you are part of a community, you lead, you're a leader in some kind of way, right? You know, you're a leader of a family that you bring with you, or you're a leader of a group of parishioners who do this, or you're a leader of the altar servers, or whatever it might be, right? You're a leader of something. Mm. So empower everyone to be a multiplier. That is, everyone to be to buy into this vision for the parish and the vision for the parish again going back to where it started is rooted in a relationship with jesus so essentially when we're multiplying we're also evangelizing at the same time so this is the whole thing about renewal of leadership so he lays out this pathway for forming leaders then he says here you know a couple of other things very quickly he says if you're asked to be a leader in a parish and if your answer is yes to that he said, remember this phrase, what do you need to succeed? And he says, don't just think about it, but he says, pray into it. I love that phrase, pray into it. Uh, what do you need to succeed? So don't think about it without relying on God, without relying the, on the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And he talks about this being a spirit-driven exercise that we really need to pray into what our roles are in the parish so that the Spirit can guide us to be and to empower us to do what we, what we need to do. Mm, mm. Because at the end of the day, you want everyone in a parish to be part of the, the parish's vision in some way, shape, or form. Yep. And there are different levels of leadership. You know, like, for example, in a parish right now, you have the parish priest, who's like the ultimate canonical administrator. The parish priest has a parish leadership team, which are like three or four people who, it's like the executive, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know, like the board, if you board, want to call it yeah. that. Yeah. There's a parish pastoral council, which is like a, which, which I'm part of. Uh, my parish, which is like an advisory board to the, you know, like or advisory team to the parish, um, they, they kind of have their fingers on the pulse of what's going on in different parts of the parish and, you know, speak to the parish priest. They may have different roles assigned to them and so on. Like, for example, my role is the take the way of the gospel coordinator at my parish with another with another person that I serve with. So you've got all of that going on as well. So and then you've got whatever happens next, leaders of groups, leaders of different you know, maybe there's different pastoral entities within the parish, you know, whatever else. Not to say it's a hierarchy, but to say that this is a team working together yeah. for a vision. And the vision, like I said, is God-sized. It's rooted in Christ. Um, and we're all working on that on that together. Mm. So praying what do we need to succeed is this relying on the Spirit for guidance. 
And he said, be intentional as well. All right. So God helps us to be intentional because he said, you have to remember, we already have what we need you know, in Christ. We have what we need in terms of our spiritual life, and, you know, our formation and so on. So let's use that as the platform for us to, you know, discern a God-sized vision for our parishes and then, then live up to it. For anyone who's in the Archdiocese of Melbourne or in, living in Victoria as well, a, a person in Victoria, Ron Huntley will be coming to Melbourne in November. I don't have any other information about this yet, but I'm sure it will be advertised. So anyone who is interested in parish renewal and engaging with Ron and the sessions he might run, I think it's worth really listening to, listening out for that. And just another thing that he mentioned I thought was important, there was a Q&A session and uh, one person said, what do you do, you know, like if there's tension in your parish or if you have an authoritarian leader? Now, that authoritarian leader could be, for example, the parish priest mm. or a priest in the parish, mm. or it could be a person who's in the leadership team or on the council, or it could just be a person who's acting authoritarian and making life really difficult. When he got this question, he kind of giggled. Wow. <laughs> um, because... Wow. Because it was an uncomfortable question, right? Mm. And he was, he was saying there's no silver bullet, really, to answer that question. There is no simple answer to that because it's, it's different in every circumstance. And he said, he said, to be honest with you, I'm dealing with something very similar in a parish I'm working in right now because he's, he's supporting several parishes. Mm. And again, he said something which I think became of great comfort to me because I've experienced this as well in different ways sometimes too. And he said, look, you've just got to pray into it. Right. You know, so praying to that situation, as he said before, there is pushback. There's always going to be pushback and it can come from anywhere. It can come from where you least expect. It could be come from the people that you would hope are not the ones responsible for the pushback. But he said, pray into it. And, um, you know, he said it, it could be that you're guided to have a conversation with that person or it could be that you're guided to hang on to that unwavering commitment that he talked about. It's, you know, this is a time where your unwavering commitment is really being I don't want to say tested, but, but really being, um, uh, you know, challenged. Mm. And he said, and this is, a, this is time for you to really hold on to that unwavering commitment because it's your commitment to Christ. He wasn't saying be a pushover, you know, let people dominate and make your life difficult. But he said, he's basically saying, if we pray into it, if our reliance is on God all the time, God will help us navigate that situation. And that situation, who knows how long it will take and what will come out of it. But at the end of the day, we always need to rely on God. And we can see several biblical figures. He talked about Abram. He talked about, you know, Moses. They faced their own difficulties, but then they became multipliers as well. They, they navigated through pushback and challenge and so on. And they became multipliers. They, you know, Moses, for example, God gave him the mission. The mission was hard. You know, Pharaoh was the pushback in this particular story, mm. if you think about it. Mm. And Moses wasn't a leader. He, he, he told God, I'm not a, basically said, I'm not a public speaker. <laughs> what, do you, what do you expect me to do, right? But he went in fidelity to God and did the mission anyway. And he brought other people along and made them leaders while his leadership was developing, not because he was an established leader. So even while his leadership was developing, he was multiplying. He was helping others to become leaders too, to, to, you know, to support this particular God-sized vision, which was the liberation of, you know, of the Hebrews from, from the Egyptian, Egyptian slavery. Mm, mm. So um, I thought that was a really helpful session. There was a second session, which I'm not going to go through every single thing that was said, but um, I do want to just say that Father Chris Ryan, who's a missionary of God's love, he talked about authentic Christian communities and, uh, and he used his parish. He's got a parish in Sydney. Now he said, what I'm going to tell you 
I don't want you to get the sense that my parish is perfect or that we've got it, you know, that we've got the secret source. But he was saying that here are some things that worked. And he went through what is the foundation of, of a Christian community. And he said, what we should be aiming for is to establish, he said, we should be growing friends in faith. And he said, this might sound like a bizarre thing. You know, we come into church to, to be friends and whatever else. But he said, uh, he said growing friends in faith is a, an essential part of parish life. And he went through, um, you know, he, he used Acts, you know, the book of Acts as his uh, sort of background for this. And he talked about this phrase, you know, and they were of one spirit or of one heart. And he said that that actually comes from Greek philosophy when, I don't know if it was Aristotle that he mentioned, who defined different types of friendship. And he said, for example, we become friends because uh, we both have something we, we share a common need, or we become friends because we share common interests, or we become friends because we genuinely want to care for each other. It evolves into that. And he said, that's all true. He said, but Christianity adds a fourth dimension to friendship, and that is that we are united in friendship by the Holy Spirit. And he said, just as the Father, the Son, and the, the Holy Spirit, you know, the, the love of the Father and, and the Son in the Trinity is, um, is brought about by the Spirit, that intense bond of friendship in the Trinity. He said, our Christian friendships are also spiritual in that sense, that we are bound together in the Spirit too. We're all baptized, we're all confirmed, and the Spirit is within us to reach out um, you know, to others, you know, the, the people around us. So he said, a community of um, friends in faith is a community of friends who are led by the Spirit together. And he talked about the language of the Mass, you know, which talks about, you know, for example, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. You know, the, the whole idea that we are emphasizing this spiritual friendship and connection that we have with each other. So that was really powerful. And he went on to say that, you know, what is the purpose of being church? He said, we have to remember that the purpose of church needs to be really well, clear, really clearly established in a parish. And he talked about how in Australia, in earlier times in the church, in the, you know, in the last century, one of the motivations for being a united church was to stand in the face of a common enemy. So if you remember, well, it wasn't in our time, but you remember church history in Australia, there was a time where there was animosity between Catholics and Protestant Christians. And so Catholics got closer together to basically give it to the Protestants, right? And so you had Catholic churches with Catholic tennis clubs and Catholic dance halls and Catholic this and Catholic that, right? And he said, this is not enough. You can't be church because you have a common enemy. You can't be united because of a common enemy. He said, we need to be united in our love of Christ. Christ needs to be the center. If Christ is not the center, we are not doing church well. And he said, even today, right, we hear commentators talk about the culture. You know, you hear, the, I'm using air quotes, the culture as a common enemy to unite behind. And there are some Catholics, you know, forgive me for saying this, but there are some Catholics with a persecution complex who are all about we're persecuted, we're persecuted. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that the people that some of these Catholic commentators are calling our enemies that we need to unite against are human beings who are made in God's image. And we have a responsibility not to look at them as enemies as people who are in need of the love of Christ. And in fact, we even, our church is even united against people within the church now, calling them enemies too, right? So, so in all of this, in saying, you know, for example, in saying this person is evil because they said this publicly, or this politician is evil, or this group is evil, or whatever else, what about, where's Christ in that, right? In saying, uh, 
this priest is evil because he said this, or this nun is evil because she believed that, right? Where, where is Christ in this? So, if again, if we do church united because we have a common enemy, we're not doing it right. We're doing it very, very, very wrong. And, and so, uh, we need to, to look at Christ's example and, and unite around Christ. Did Christ have enemies? Yes. But what did Christ do on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them. Right? He didn't say rain down lightning or just, you know, destroy them with fire. He said, Father, forgive them. So how do our, and again, air quotes, enemies, how do our enemies know the forgiveness of, and love of God if we're excluding them? So we, as a church, we need to do better in that sense. So there's a lot more that I got out of this. Um, it was really good. Um, but, but what I'd suggest is um, if anyone wants to get even a taste of what I, of what I experienced with these other parishioners, if you just Google Ron Huntley, and I'll try and put his podcast in the show notes, if I remember, it should be, you know, I will put them in the show notes. I'll remember to do it uh, because he's, uh, he gives lots of great tips. And I think if you listen to him, if you're a person who's feeling a bit discouraged by maybe how your parish is going, feeling a bit alone in your parish, feeling like there's no, no connection, the first thing I'd say to you is don't be too critical of the people in your parish because there may be a reason for that. It may be that people in your parish um, don't know or don't, don't understand or don't really have the desire for renewal, take some hope in the fact that there are people out there who are trying to encourage this renewal. Right from the very top of our church with the Synod on Synodality, which we should all be positive about, not negative like some commentators have said. In Australia, our plenary council. In Victoria, our take the way of the gospel. In our local parishes, the desire for renewal. So, Maybe start the conversation in your parish. You know, listen to a couple of Ron, Ron, Ron Huntley podcasts, <laughs> first of all, if you want that fire to develop in you, if you want to feel that fire. And once you feel that fire, it will give you the language to help you. And so anyway, that's what I experienced and uh, what it did lead to, which really gave us the fire, was that the five people that, um, in that group I went with, uh, we said, we want to talk more, right? We want to we don't want this day to be the end of the conversation. So we had a Zoom meeting last Thursday and, um, and we, we shared all of our notes and our, our ideas um, and we want to now present that to our parish priest. Our parish priest was the one who encouraged us to go. So he's, he's on board with the idea and, and he wants to know more about what's going on as well. In fact, I, um, I might just finish with this quick anecdote if that's all right, guys. Uh, we, we were given, um, so every parish that attended was given a little camellia plants right just a, you know it, just, it was like small you know like 30 centimeters tall or whatever it is oh, it, was a, it was a camellia wasn't it oh okay it's a I camellia thought, yeah I, what it was. I thought it was i thought it was a rose an orange no, tree, no, an orange tree. <laughs> orange, <yeah. laughs> orange tree. Um, it was a it was a little camellia okay, cool. and um yeah. and so lena your wife bernadette took it home and then she gave it to me in the morning and she said, oh, here, give this to father. So I went to, went to our parish priest and um, I, showed, I said, I wasn't sure what he'd say. He'd probably look at me weird. Here's this tree. <laughs> and I said, that session we went to, um, they gave us this tree as a, like, as a symbol of parish renewal or whatever. And his face lit up mm. and he's like, oh, let's, let's find a place to plant it. So we went together and we found a little spot next to the presbytery. And he said, just wait here. And he, he went and got changed. He got a shovel <laughs> from his shed <laughs> and came back and, you know, I, I, he, he's like, here, dig. And I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, I hope the ground's not too hard. <laughs> Thankfully, it could be raining. The soil, like the soil was really soft. So <laughs> Going through clay is hard. <laughs> yeah. So I dug a little hole. And then he called my son, Alex. He goes, Alex, Alex. So Alexander came over and he, he planted the tree. Um, Alex planted the tree. And nice. he said, oh, take photos. So he got, he's about to take photos. <laughs> um, yeah. And we, we planted this tree. So 
I told the other five in the team and they were very excited by that. And I said to them, look, as you walk past this tree every time, just say a little prayer about our reliance on the spirit for renewal. So yeah, I thought that was just a powerful moment. And I pray that at least in our parish that that renewal will pick up over time because we're, we're being given an avenue now to share this information, which is great. Mm. So, um, mm. uh, and I, I pray that anyone else who's listening, if you're, if you're on the path to renewal, if your parish is all over it, or if you're feeling, you know, right to the other end of the spectrum where if you're feeling a bit lost and not sure, pray into it, as Ron Huntley would say, and let's see where the spirit, you know, guides us with this. All right, rant, rant over. No, no, you're right, right. No, 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 quickly, it was before I forget because I like, I tend to forget a lot of things. <laughs> it was funny, it was the gospel of the day on that Sunday was about the parable of the seed, which Indeed. seed, yep. yeah, which, were, you know, was either falls on not, not good ground, doesn't grow, the seed that grows, yes. that grows I mean, falls onto a nurtured and, um, and solid ground, the foundation. I was perfect. And, and you know what happened was when Father Priest walked by and said, Father, you just planted the seed. He just, he just yeah. smiled at me and walked off. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Oh, <laughs> yep. There you go. Yep. Any other comments, guys? Caroline, what did, you, what did you think of that? What I like about our parish is like you can see the people who have roles in the parish passionately performing their roles, which, which is something I really love to see. And um, sometimes, okay, everyone's, there can be personality clashes because, you know, everybody's really wanting to do their best and they have ideas of how to do it and everything like that. But on the whole, I really love seeing everybody. And I see people joyfully doing their job, like, you know, where it's um, people, um, you know, extraordinary ministers handing out communion or the ushers or, um, Mm. you know, there's the secretary running around or, you know, whoever's doing their job, you know, busily doing work for the church. Um, Whoever has a role is enjoying their role, I can see. So that's something I really enjoy seeing in in the church. And like me, I'm just my leader of my little clan. So I don't, you know, I (laughs) I find it hard to commit to anything currently, but hopefully, you know, in the future, maybe when the kids are growing up, I can contribute a bit more. But I do enjoy, Mm. you know, I do know that everybody who does participate are participating willingly and and passionately. So that's, that's something I take from our parish. And it's a good thing to see because everybody does want, want what's best for the parish in the end. And I think that's where mm. everybody's coming from. So yeah. I guess it's a matter of, you know, everybody realizing that there's, there's the one goal there and everybody achieving it together, you know? So yeah, so true. that's my little piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lovely. Yeah. Lena, anything else you wanted to add? Yeah. I hope everything, um, you know, works out with this, you know, and yeah, it's good to see. And what, Lindsay, will you tell me that, um, the Zoom, Paul Ron Huntley is his name, wasn't expecting yeah. the call. <laughs> what happened there? Oh, no. So he, um, I think they got their timing <laughs> a little bit wrong. So, Poor yeah. Thing. So remember. he, yeah. And this is, this is authentic, right? He delivered his presentation yeah. um, on, from his phone on Zoom. Yes. And he was standing, I don't know if he was in a, in a backyard or on a busy street or something, but, <laughs> but he did it from there, right? And that's what I'm saying. He's an authentic guy. It wasn't exactly. just a pre-prepared set of notes. Exactly. He, you know, he, um, you know, like he had his lists of things, you know, because again, you, you format your ideas into lists because they're easy to follow, mm, right? Mm. Made it easy for me to share what he said mm. as well, because uh, that's how you pass it on. But he was also spontaneous. He was also 
you know, he also was able to answer questions and struggle with us in our questions as well. And so, um, so yes, he was doing it on his phone from Zoom. There are a few cutouts from time to time, but we got the gist of what he was saying. And I think, yeah, yeah. And I think it was good because I, I feel like there were quite a few people in that room who never thought about Parrish in the way that he presented, okay. you know, before. Okay. So really good for all of us. Um, yeah, that, that uh, we were able to hear him. Yes, but it was from his phone. It was pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. It was spontaneous. And he had like, yeah. you know, was it one a cafe or out there? And he's, and he's so... I think there was a, a cafe or something. So yeah, it's just... yeah, it's so good. He's so passionate yeah. about, you know, his... Um, yeah. What he's talking about. If I... Yeah. And I was talking about something in a... And you know, I was in a cafe here in Melbourne or... Something. Of course, it'll be sounds and everything. I think I'm so passionate about my um my faith and talking this renewal of, um you know, the word of God. You know, and people yeah. walking past, you know, giving you looks. I'm not saying Melbourne's like that. It can be. Yeah. But... It's yeah. great to know that you can just be free mm. in what you can express without being, um, I'll just say, yeah. booked at. Yeah, and, and that's it. And he was so passionate that I don't think it really really mattered who was around him. Mm. And to be honest now, I mean, people walk around with phones and, and AirPods <laughs> talking. <laughs> yeah. to, you know, you, you'd never know if they were talking to a friend or giving a conference, you know, yeah, like it's just true. a normal thing now, that right? Yeah. Uh, well, one little funny thing is that I'll do a bit of a side note. I was in... um. Shopping center, I mean, shopping, um, grocery shopping, and I have the iPod, you know, things that, and um, better they called me. And I said, Hey, babe, and this woman beside me looks at me, I'm really strange, but yeah, I'm just saying, I just, yeah, 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 you know what I mean? It's like, okay, and I'm, I'm even yeah. some people I, I see walking around, you know, they got their hands up in the air, you know, having an argument yeah. on, the, on the, you know, you don't see it because they've got their beanie on. <laughs> Do you think? No, yeah, he's on yeah. the phone. He's talking to someone. Yeah, it must yeah. be on the yeah. phone. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand. I understand. Just normal now. Well, people yeah. singing down the street. Oh! Okay, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Understand. Yeah. Cool, cool. Awesome. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there because we're going to pass over to you now, Caroline. So uh, let's take some time to talk about science. Ah, what a fine day for science! You have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Can you reverse the polarity? I'll do my best. All right, so Caroline, we are in your very warm hands. There's a reason why I said that. So, uh, well, it's not really warm right now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's pretty cool here. So today, let's talk about the weather, in particular, the heat waves. Mm. Like everybody, you know, around the world at the moment, except for the Southern Hemisphere, experiencing heat waves. Mm. Um, and I just thought, you know, that is, that's an interesting topic to talk about at the moment. And let's just... Yeah, let's talk about that in context of um, weather patterns and a bit of science. So let's let's see what's going on here. Currently in Melbourne, it's winter and it's been quite cold. However, we're hearing news that there are some quite extreme heat waves occurring in Europe and Northern America at the moment and even parts of Asia. And the European Space Agency have had satellites that monitor the Earth's land and sea temperatures and they're predicting that this year Europe will face potentially the hottest temperatures ever recorded. Mm. The Acropolis in Greece has been closed during the hottest parts of the day to prevent tourists from becoming unwell from the extreme heat. Rome, Sicily and Spain are experiencing temperatures in the 40s. <laughs> and just because we should mention Malta, Lindsay, yeah, the homeland. I was about to say, um, <laughs> it is hot up there, yeah, now at the moment. It yeah. is hot. <laughs> 
And um, Malta's, uh, you know, at the, to the south of Sicily, and they're looking at the forecast this week. They're having a week of 37 degrees Celsius wow. every day. Yeah. With overnight lows of 27 degrees every night. Oh, that's <laughs> not a low. That's, that's not, not a low. Yeah, that's daytime. Yeah. yeah. That's a high temperature yeah. for some. Like our mum and sis. Sorry, they've yeah. had a few power outages as well, haven't mm. they? Too. There's been a lot of power outages. Our yeah. relatives have been sending us, you know, on the group chat saying that yeah. they haven't got any power. And that's, oh no, that's not good either. We have a, yeah. Our cousin Lindsay Stefan is working um, in the heat on roofs yes. at the moment, and oh, he's finding it hard to find um, ice vests. So you know, I feel for him as well. Yeah. Exactly. We're thinking of you all in Malta. Especially the elderly. Oh, well, everyone, of course, but yeah, yeah everyone who is, everyone. Just, yeah, understand, yeah. understand. Totally. And um, even in North America, top temperature of 48 <laughs> degrees was recorded during the week <laughs> in Phoenix, Arizona, sure. in Death yeah. Valley, one of the hottest places on Death earth Valley. in California. <laughs> Yeah. The forecast has been sitting in the high 40s and low 50s. <laughs> in Crazy. Can I just say a quick anecdote? So I was reading a story. There's a guy, I didn't realize this right. He does a, a one mile run in Death Valley every year. I think um, I've seen and, But yeah. he calls it, yeah. But he calls it his Darth Valley death mile because he does it in a Darth oh, Vader costume. Oh my goodness. So he trains oh, for it all year long. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and he did it this year, and um, and commented on how extremely hot it was. But he's, so, uh, yeah, but he's doing it for like funny cause. and very silly at the same well, time. Well, it is. Yeah, yeah. well, he's, he's doing it for yeah. a cause, I believe too. Yeah, yep. Goodness sakes, and especially, <laughs> especially since they're expecting a record high of fifty-four degrees Celsius <laughs> for this weekend. So insane. Yep. Yes, currently in Southern California and Canada as well. And in Spain, there are wildfires, uncontrollable mm-hmm. wildfires at the moment. In Canada, 10 million hectares or 25 mm. million acres of bushland have wow. been burnt so far. Yep. Mm. And with more damage to expected as the summer goes on. So, yes, heat waves are uh, happening all over the Northern Hemisphere. And it's been partly to blame on rising average global temperature as well as an El Nino weather pattern. Um, the highest average global temperature ever recorded was actually this year on July the 5th with a temperature of 17.23 degrees Celsius. And the world has already warmed by about 1.1 degrees since the, the industrial era mm-hmm. began. And temperatures are likely to keep rising because unless something is done, obviously, to cut emissions, yeah. mm-hmm. global warming will um, just get worse. So Paolo Kepi, a lecturer in climate science at the Imperial College in London, said that higher global temperatures were undoubtedly contributing to the increased incidence of extreme weather. He mm. said, of course, it's not unusual to have a heat wave in the summer per se, but what's becoming really unusual is the collection of heat waves. We have the baseline temperature shifting upwards, so you are shifting the odds towards the more Severe extreme events and fewer cold extreme events. Mm. So global warming is a thing and it affects the world's climate. And we've all heard about how greenhouse gases are emitted in the atmosphere and have been leading to this phenomena. I mean, the, I've seen a lot of charts and it shows the, the temperatures of the world and it's like a, a, a graph going up and down and the temperatures are basically the, the higher average the average global temperatures are moving up along the graph mm, slowly. Mm. So we're heading towards more extreme heat and less colder days. So um, I have links in the show notes and you can have a look at those as well. Yeah. 
had a look at the NASA website too, and they have a statement saying, what's perhaps the most important to remember about global surface temperature fluctuations is that despite short-term ups and downs, the evidence shows that our planet is steadily accumulating heat. Scientists assessing global warming study Earth's entire heat content, not just what happens in one part of the atmosphere or one component of the Earth's system. And what they have found is that the balance of energy in the Earth's system is out of whack. Our lower atmosphere is warming. The ocean is accumulating more energy. Land surfaces are absorbing energy and the Earth's ice is melting. Yeah, yep, that's true. And scientists say that the high temperatures we are seeing and many people are experiencing are being driven by climate change and the naturally occurring weather pattern that I mentioned earlier called El Nino, which happens every three to seven years and causes the temperatures to rise. So what about El Nino? What is it? So El Nino is a climate pattern that occurs in the tropical Pacific Ocean. El Nino means little boy in Spanish. And South American fishermen first noticed periods of unusually warm water in the Pacific Oceans in the 1600s. During an El Nino event, there's a significant warming of the ocean Earth's the ocean surface temperature in the central and eastern equatorial Pacific. This warming occurs when the trade winds, and the trade winds are the winds which flow from east to west in the, the Earth's equatorial region, and when the winds weaken or reverse, they can reverse, reducing the upwelling of cold water from the ocean depth. So what happens is the upwelling is when normal conditions of the wind blowing across the ocean surface pushes water away and then warm water from below replaces this water. So in El Nino, cold water is not able to replace warm water and the temperature of the water rises. Mm, okay. As a result, mm. warmer than average sea surface temperatures are observed in the central and eastern Pacific, particularly off the coast of South America. So... El Nino has effects on global weather patterns and impacts different regions of the planet in different ways. So here are some of the typical impacts of regions of the world. So in South America, El Nino often leads to increased uh, rainfall across the west coast of South America, particularly in Peru and Ecuador. It can result in flooding and landslides. In North America, El Nino can influence weather patterns with the southern part experiencing wetter conditions and the northern part experiencing warmer and drier conditions. In Asia and Australia, El Nino can bring drier than average conditions to South um, East Asia, including Indonesia and Philippines, and Australia may experience below average rainfall leading to drought conditions in some mm -hmm. region. And I think mm. we are having quite a mild winter this year, hardly any rain. Yes. Yeah. So, and we are officially in El Nino now, so I I would agree with that. Mm, mm, yeah. In Africa, El Nino can disrupt rain patterns, um, resulting in drier conditions. Uh, in the Pacific Islands, El Nino can lead to reduced rainfall and increasing risk of drought. Now, El Nino typically lasts for several months to a year or two, and they can occur regularly with intervals ranging from two to seven years on average. Climate scientists and meteorologists closely monitor El Nino events to understand their behaviour and to provide forecasts of potential impact. Now, El Nino tends to occur more often than La Nina. And I think that's, you know, just thinking about the last little while, I think that's true. We have just finished a La Nina, but we do hear about El Nino a bit more. Mm -hmm. um, 
but let's talk about La Nina because it's good to know what the opposite of an El Nino is. La Nina means little girl in Spanish. And during La Nina events, the trade winds are even stronger than usual, which pushes more warm water around towards Asia off the coast, off the west coast of the Americas and upwelling increases, bringing cold, nutrient-rich water to the surface. So the cold waters in the Pacific push the jet stream northward. This tends to lead to drought in the southern US and heavy rains in flooding in the Pacific Northwest and Canada. So there's wetter and colder conditions in North America. In South America, there will be increased rainfall. Asia and Australia, it brings above average rainfall. And Australia did experience wetter than, um, wetter than normal conditions. We had many, many crazy, crazy floods. The last few yes. years, yes, yeah, um, that's true. Flooding yeah. like we've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, yeah. I don't. There are Victorian re- towns that are still recovering from floods exactly. now. Exactly, yeah, and yes, many people have lost their houses. Mm, um, people yes. are still suffering from all of yeah. that. In Africa, La Nina can influence rainfall patterns, leading to wetter conditions. And the Pacific Islands, La Nina can bring increased rainfall to the islands, which um, leads to risk of flooding as well. So, I mean, apart from human activity having an effect on climate all over the planet, natural weather systems seem to be producing more extreme weather events due to the rising average global temperature, as I mentioned earlier. And from wet weather scientists are saying, these two go in hand in hand as to how severe normal weather events will be. So the new normal is happening now, mm-hmm. it seems. And also, I think from what we're seeing in the Northern Hemisphere, Australia had better prepare for a long, hot summer. That's what I was feeling too, yes. Yes, because, yeah, as I mentioned, we're having a kind of a, it's very cold, but it's mild. Um, Mm. We're having kind of more, kind of more spring days, I would say. It's starting to feel that way, yes, yeah. 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 Rather than the dreary, raining, normal, like in Melbourne, usually weather is, I mean, winter is usually really wet and cold yeah. and dreary and like you just don't <laughs> want to leave because it's so horrible. But this is, I mean, the sun's shine. It's yeah. crisp and cold, but like, you know, it's just um, bearable, which yeah. is unusual because for me yeah, to say winter okay, is bearable, Caroline. it's, it's like, very oh, unusual. Okay. This must be a good winter for Caroline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there we have it. Something to think about anyway. Yeah, definitely. You know. yeah. You've, um, you've presented it really well. And I think it's important for us to all think about the role that we play because, you know, Caroline, mm. you, you weren't there being a climate alarmist as some people might no. accuse people no. of being when they state, you know, the scientific facts. But yeah. it, it's important for us, What you know, what's the Catholic angle on this, right, which I'll throw in, right, is that, yeah, yeah. Is that you, know, um, you know, we are called to be stewards of creation. Uh, to look after. And this is a spiritual thing. We are, you know, Pope Francis has talked about the integral ecology, which is that we are part of the natural world. We're not, as human beings, we're not separate from it. We are part of this natural world, which is nature. We're not aliens from somewhere else. We we are integrated into this ecosystem, which is why we're alive, right? It's because we we live in it. It's, it's, um, it's made to sustain human life. And in return, you know, God makes us stewards of the earth. You go back to Genesis to keep until the earth and so on. Uh, to one to keep it beautiful because it is creation is beautiful and awe inspiring yes. and all those things and mm. creation is not just the planet but the entire universe it's it's all beautiful and, and creates awe and wonder for us but in this particular you know little uh, corner in the the back streets of the Milky Way where we are on this mm. on this planet this is our home mm-hmm. and uh, looking after our home 
is for one to sustain our lives, but also to sustain the lives of others. It's a, you know, it's a Catholic social teaching moment, right? And Catholic social teaching, by the way, is not some fringe theory. It is integrated into the teaching of the church. It comes from Christ and looking after the planet is, is our responsibility. Uh, so I think it's up to all of us to think about what our role is in, uh, you know, it, where the, where human beings are, c- are contributing to greenhouse gases and so on. It's up to all of us to think about what our role is and to petition our, our politicians to have it on their, their conscience as well, mm. because they're the ones who make the changes at the end of the day. So I don't care if you call yourself politi- like a politically conservative or politically progressive. That means nothing. It doesn't change, it doesn't change the weather. But yeah. what makes a difference is, uh, at least for Catholics, is listening to our conscience. Is, uh, you know, is what the science is saying, is, you know, is it calling us to to do better. Mm. So yes, there are, because I know people make the arguments of, well, this is what the world naturally does. Of course it does, but it does. But there is also mm. what we do as well, which exactly. can exacerbate it as well. So we, we have to think about that part, I guess. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's the point I was really trying to make, you know? Mm. And um, I mean, I have heard some commentators on various radio stations trying to disprove that there is global warming and oh where the patterns me. are natural and all that. But they yeah. they have to really dig exactly. to get some exactly. evidence yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, it really takes nothing to look at websites such as NASA, such as ESA, yeah. such as, you know, there are many, many agencies who have been monitoring temperature. Exactly. Yeah. And the graphs mm-hmm. speak for themselves. The data doesn't no, lie, no. does it? That's right. No, exactly. it's there. Yeah. Everybody, it's all separate data being collected and everyone's coming up with the same results. Yeah. And then you just need to look at the news. You see the extreme yeah. weather events. You see people suffering. No. You can't deny no. what's no. happening. And like you said, I'm not trying to be alarmist, but I do want to highlight as well, like you're saying, we do need to look after our little patch of earth where we can and yeah. contribute any way that we can. And of course, we can't stop big companies from emitting, and we're all guilty of using the products, mm. you know, for <laughs> the, from the factories that you know, yeah. and for using electricity and all of that. But there are small ways to do, you know, to help. Like if you're able to put solar panels on your house, you can um, free electricity straight from the sun. You don't need to mm-hmm. get a lot of it from the coal power stations. Yeah. Throwing out your recycling in the correct way so that product can be recycled. If you can reuse something, reuse it, you know, so the energy doesn't need to be going back into recycling things and making new products and things like that. So, mm. I mean, these are very small things, but imagine everybody doing and that's the all idea, these right? little things. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. And yeah. like, if you have a garden... Try and plant it up with plants because that will reduce temperature yeah, as well. Mm. If you have a very concretey garden, mm. that's okay. Put some pots everywhere. Put them all yeah, together yeah. and, you know, plant lots of plants and you'll be benefiting yourself from a cooler summer in your garden, benefiting animals who need shelter and food mm. and all of that. You know, there are really mm. practical little things cool. that we can cool. do. And making that are. little contribution to the, to the health of the planet too. It's all exactly. the, it's, everyone can do that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. This is a lot of change yeah. um, in the weather. We, we 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 always talk about it at the moment. You know what happens? Is we have hot summers, but not very hot. We we may have mm-hmm. a week where it's maybe thirties. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember what was it, guys? Well, mm-hmm. A few years ago, when we had those the whole two weeks, it was like over nearly forty degrees. By thirties, and of course we, we had oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 and um, yeah. and yes, then you did. know, yeah. and then we have we then we talk about. This winter has been as 
cold, as cold as we thought it would be. I know it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 13 degrees for us. Okay, mm-hmm. Americans, it's not cold, all right? When it's cold for us, <laughs> yeah, okay? That's cold, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. For yeah. yeah. us, it's cold. If, if you're saying, oh, it's getting to a top of 13 degrees Celsius, I'm like, well, that's yeah. not a top. That is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all like, that's cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cold. And it doesn't help when we have those warmer weathers where the ground is so hard and we have drought and then we have a whole like you said, Caroline, a whole lot of rain, that mm. rain has got nowhere to go. Mm. It can't seep into the soil because runs. the soil yeah. is so hard. It needs to yeah. flow and go out everywhere. And, That's yeah, right. climate is changing, you know. It, we've, we've mm. even talked mm. about it. We don't have our four seasons in here in Australia that much. We may have, like, a, a hot day and a cold day, and that's it. Not in, sort of in between as much mm. as we used to have. Like a spring. No, we have all four seasons. Well, in true. One day, that is true. That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or sometimes in Malta, or four seasons in one hour. But um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, right. but yeah, climate is changing, and yeah, we need to to change that very soon. All right. Well, with that in mind, uh, I think we might move on from there. It'd be interesting to see um if you know if our listeners have some contributions to make you know to that discussion as well. We'd love to know. But uh, in the meantime, let's move on to talking about entertainment. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. It's not what we came here to do. No. It's what I'm going to do. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. Carolyn, I think you probably can't contain yourself. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll just start straight with you. So, come on, let it out. What's what okay. did Nintendo do okay. this week? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, the long, long, long-awaited version of Pikmin Four finally was released yesterday, the twenty-first of <gasps> July. And yes, I'd pre-ordered. Oh, my... you pre-ordered! <laughs> I thought it'd be lining up, Caroline, with yeah. all the uh, Pikmin fans. No, no, yeah. I wasn't okay. going to be lining up. It was just it, it. Amazon Prime Day came the right time this year. So exactly, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they did, yeah. and they had it. They had it reduced by about ten dollars less than what nice. um, Nintendo was selling it for. Something like that, anyway. So I'm like, yes, okay, I'm going to pre-order. And yes, it was delivered. Not at the end of the day, the middle of the day. Perfect. Wow. I could put <laughs> so I could have a sneak Crack peek before open. the kids yeah, got yeah. home. Yes. <laughs> And I yeah. did that. And um, I, I mean, what could I say? I don't hate it. I love it. It's, love it's it. like yeah. I've already, I have to admit, I played the demo already. Okay. So I mm-hmm. did get a good feel for it. Yeah. The, I think the gameplay is a little different from the original Pikmin's, but they all change slightly in every version anyway. They do. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But this one is, this one's fun because you get a, a doggy to play with okay. called Oshi. <laughs> And yep. the Pikmin's ride little, the Pikmin, and you get to dog. places. That's right. The maps are larger, cool. so you can you can ride the dog to get to different places faster. Mm. It's a real. It's really fun. I mean, you know, the worlds are really nice and colorful. There's nice music. You know, <laughs> if you like yeah. that cool. kind of game, oh, nice. you know, that's that's what yeah. I'm into. The bad, the enemies, like they're a Ooh. bit tricky because you think, oh, yeah. this is easy, and then all of a sudden they flip over until you pick them. Just roll over you or kill everyone. Yeah, that's they right. They totally yeah, yeah. do. So yeah. you've got to watch out for that. So it's sneaky. I yeah. think it's a really sneaky game. Yeah, but really fun. Um, there. Yeah, I'm just having a great time with it. There's 
you know, the world's on the top, there's worlds Whoa. below. It's mm. similar to Pikmin 2 in that regard where you can go into, yes. to, um, you know, <laughs> below ground. Pikmin 2, Lindsay, I think you'll agree <laughs> it, with me, is the hardest of the it's lot. It's so brutal. It is, um, yeah, it's, it's brutal. so brutal. I'll go as far as saying it's cool, okay? The it's way it's to, mean. It is such a mean game, yeah. Some of the bosses... Everything you achieve comes at a cost, right, really. It yeah. really does. You have to keep replenishing your Pikmin. So many Pikmin die in that game. It is the most cruel game, and it's like not and a relaxing game. And they die so happily, game. don't they? They do, and they're just like, they're just, and like okay, it just makes yeah. them more. Um, but yeah. <laughs> it's a real challenge, though. But I, I tell you, playing it at this age now, I'm like, okay, I'm on yeah, to you. I go. know the tricks. Yeah, yeah. And I get through it faster. However, yeah. those bosses are still Ooh. damn hard, and I yeah. cannot defeat some of them. I just wow, have to leave wow, them and wow, go. Wow. Yeah, because like you get this monster robot, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll just hit it in the middle, and then a laser, flaming of laser, course. comes out Whoa! and just burns everything. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. It sounds about right. There's yeah. this big rolling caterpillar and uh. it makes babies. <laughs> so, oh, it makes babies. Oh, okay. That's new. Like hundreds of them, oh, Lindsay. Goodness, so like man. you're trying to kill the boss, but the yeah. little babies are killing all your Pikmin and then yeah. the big rolling worm rolls all over your Pikmin. So like, oh it's, and so, like, and I actually went through Pikmin decimation because oh, it killed no. the one that I took Nasty. underground. So yes, yep. Pikmin 2. Oh. Challenge. Pikmin 4 is way more fun because there's not this mass. <laughs> not as Although I have to say, not as stressful. However, I have to say, I've only played the demos and I haven't gone through mm. the full game. So sure. I haven't come up against any major, major okay. bosses yet. So yeah. I'm sure they're there. I'm sure they're there to come. You'll be happy to know, just, just quickly, yeah. that um, IGN yeah. reviewed. Uh, Pikmin for the Pikmin Four mm-hmm. for the Switch, and they gave it a nine out of ten. Mm, and they said fantastic. they said actually after you finish the game, it gets even yeah. better. Apparently, mm. so there you go. Oh, I yeah, cannot yeah. wait! I cannot Some wait. Great after game goodies. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, yeah, because usually when you finish Pikmin, you go like, oh no, I want to play more. So that's great. Yeah. That's what I like about Nintendo games, though. Like, because even yeah. Mario Odyssey, you finish it, yeah. but, and then there's, there's more. Like, there's a whole other game yeah. to play, pretty much. Yeah, it's so great. Awesome. It's so good because they know yeah. that you love it that much. <laughs> That's right. And the storyline is great. There's a whole lot more characters in this one, and you have to find like all these yeah. people who travel to the planet and all of that. So yeah, storyline yeah. is good too. So yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. For me. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> of yeah. course. <laughs> of course. I played Pikmin three first. Mm-hmm. A few months ago, loved it. It was really good. Um, it was relatively so. The way I saw, saw it was, it was mostly puzzles, which was fine, and then really good <laughs> boss battles. That's the way it yes. kind of seemed to be. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, then um, a little bit after that. So when I had my fourth lovely oh, dose of COVID, yes. um, Mm. And I was feeling miserable. I thought, I don't care. I need some Nintendo therapy. So I bought Pikmin 1 and, and 2 when they bundled together. So I played Pikmin 1. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough, but it's not terrible, right? Like It's, it's not you know, terrible. Some, some challenges. And you can you tell it's overcome. the first game because the yeah. control of the Pikmins is a bit dodgy. So like, they fall know. in the water. Oh, no. They do. <laughs> shouldn't do it. Yeah, they fall Which off. they fixed in Pikmin 2. Yeah, they fixed in so Pikmin 2, yeah. Yeah, so now I'm, I'm playing Pikmin 2, although I haven't been on it lately because I'm really busy. So I'll have to mm. get back to it again. But... Pikmin 2 is brutal. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It is just... It's brutal. This, it is so brutal. And I'm glad in 3 that they turn it down a little bit. And yes, yeah, and don't make yeah, you feel so it. bad for, you know, entering a tunnel, <laughs> you know, yes. and having 50 Pikmin killed instantly. Oh, my yeah. goodness me. Yeah. yeah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I haven't played the Pikmin 4 demo yet, but my son has, and he loves it. So he's uh, he's staring at me every time I walk past him <gasps> to get Pikmin 4. So 
Um, I can't believe you haven't bought it yet, Lindsay. Just... Uh, I said, I said, wait till payday. So <laughs> no, payday comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's gosh. it. Yeah, that <laughs> dad's gonna make some money first. Yeah, oh. that's what my hard earned is for to <laughs> switch with my son. Yeah, yeah. Understand. What else do you uh, work for? In terms of what's entertaining me, mine's a little bit different this time. I've uh, I've got back into the world of uh, of comic books. <laughs> so okay, I've been a uh, so oh. a friend of mine from work. He he loves comics, and there's a there's a comic book shop near our in Beaconsfield called um, Secret Headquarters Comic Emporium. Oh, it's a what? Little comic, yeah, it's a little comic shop that's just nestled into the corner of, of a set of shops there on Beaconsfield. Beaconsfield. Um, oh, so, go yeah, there. so I went, yeah, and so like I've been a fan of like you know Daredevil, you know the Marvel character. So I said, I said, have you any Daredevil here? And she's like, oh yeah, we got this series. So I picked up one, and I, you know, it was like number two out of four, and I read it. I'm like, oh, this is really good. So I got her to put, I got her to put the other, the rest of the series on, like the one I missed on back order, which she could, and I've subscribed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been reading a bit of Daredevil, which is really good. I decided to go with my favorite Marvel series and subscribe to all of them. So I've, I've also subscribed to, there's a new Captain America, um, series starting that's being done by J. Michael Straczynski. He was the writer of the series Babylon 5, which was really awesome. Oh, but okay. he's also renowned for his. Um, he also wrote for Marvel. He did Thor and um, and Spider Man, and those ones were highly acclaimed. So now he's coming into re- restarting Captain America. So I've pre-ordered that for September or whenever it comes about. And then of course I can't you know go past my lovely Guardians of the Galaxy. So there's a a, a new run of Guardians of the Galaxy. So I subscribe to that. So I've just been reading comics lately. <laughs> Actually, yeah, just. Just as my as my fast food, right? You know, like you need your like some people will watch reality shows or some people will watch, you know, whatever. You know, or play Nintendo Caroline as their fast yes. food. So I would say Nintendo's fast food. Oh, you uh, I mean, you game. know, like it's not it's not productive, right? It's 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 how you your well, downtime, right? So yeah, it's downtime, know, downtime, downtime. It's, yeah. um, it's health, yeah, it's health benefits in other ways. <laughs> it's well being. Yeah, I get yeah, I get that, right? You know, it is, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I've just been sitting down and, you know, for half an hour here and there and just reading a, a comic book and I'm actually really enjoying it. So, okay. so uh, that's, that's my entertainment. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. So thank you, Secret Headquarters, awesome. for taking all of my money, which is the reason why I can't buy, <laughs> the reason why I can't buy Pikmin 4 yet. So there you go. <laughs> Do you know a comic book now costs anywhere between $9 and $11 just for a single mm-hmm. issue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember they used to be like 40 cents or 70 yeah. cents yeah. back in the days. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're getting old. We are in our forties. Yeah. <laughs> Inflation. That's Inflation. true. That's yep. true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Or are we supposed to say, what was it on Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World? We're supposed to say government caused inflation, isn't that oh. the Yes, that's right. Yeah. I like yeah, that's that the, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do like it. Yeah. That's the phrase, you know, uh, buzzing yeah. around the network right now. Definitely. I like it. Um, yeah. Lita, how about you? Um, what's what's been entertaining you recently? Uh, just just quickly, um, well, the tennis is finished. Now, uh, cricket, I've not been very invested in it that, that much at the moment. I'm waiting for the fifth yep. test, so that's the decider. I think England's got this fourth mm. test, fourth day, whatever, test, whatever, and I think we'll come to a fifth, and that will be interesting. Footy's back, oh, so I'll be... I don't, yeah, I've been watching uh, footy with my, uh, my teams, doing okay, but up and down. But yes, like everyone is in the world knows that the Women's World Cup here, and of course in New Zealand, in New Zealand, yes, Australia, New, New Zealand, Zealand, yes, Australia, New Zealand, we're all yep. sharing the um the love and yep. unbelievable game. And I must, yes. admit, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that the boys are you know faster and stronger. But goodness me, the ladies are brutal when they play football. Can I? Yeah, I can I say they are, I, and it's amazing to watch their grit. They are, they are rough. <laughs> they, they are rough. 
They are Goodness. running into each other, running pushing each other, each other pushing over, each stepping other. on ankles. The, the Nigeria Canada match. That oh my gosh! That, <laughs> um, I was like, it is so, but it's so good. Like, like they're really <laughs> thrilling. Yeah, I, I watched the Matildas uh, during the Japanese Olympics, mm-hmm. and they they were amazing. Their matches. I was screaming at the TV. Mm, I was so excited. I that that was so mm, good. Um, yeah. And same thing. Now I'm just glued to the TV watching mm. the Matildas play. And yeah, I'm and it's. I'm hoping we'll get a World Cup win out of it. That would be so good. That's right. That's yeah, right. I can imagine the first soccer World Cup won by the Matildas. That would be that beautiful. Would be amazing. So, yeah. oh, be amazing. Just go so, off. But I must yeah. admit, I've been watching highlights of the other um, teams. And so yeah. what, what's been going on so far? Because other teams are still playing yeah. and all that, blah, blah, blah. But Spain, dangerous. Mm. New Zealand, yep. Caroline are good. Mm-hmm. I've seen how they mm-hmm. played. They, they, are, they yes. are good. They have yep. a good yep. attacking run. Yep. And I don't want to get to a big yep. soccer fan base there. That's you, good to see. surprised. Yes, yeah. They, do, they yeah. do love the soccer there. Yep. That's good. What's, That's the, good. Um, what's the big stadium? The cake tin? Is that what they call it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the cake tin. I should know the name. TSB Arena, I think. I can't remember, but yeah, something like that, yeah. My my husband's played there in his band before. Oh, there you go, yeah. Yeah. We drive past it nearly every day when we're there in Wellington because it's like on the way to (laughs) the downtown or the city. Sweet, 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 sweet. Mm. No, it's good to see. It's good to see. But um, yeah, the other other teams look good. (laughs) Philippines didn't do too well, but I'm sad to say I expected that because they've been trying their best. These other yep. teams are just one notch better. It's just well, like maybe this... they'll surprise you in the next game. We'll see. Well, let's we'll correct. Yeah. Well, you know, there are other teams like Costa Rica. Um, there's um, Tanzania. I can't pronounce that name. Tanzania. I think they're in there. Tanzania. Yeah. Tanzania. Yep. That's right. Um, yeah. Well, Senegal's in there, but this is a great women's um, World Cup. And then, like I said, Caroline, these Englishy, these girls are like colliding like anything there's a bold man there's two guys going out for us boys we do we do but i don't know we're, 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 i don't know we just tend to go i feel like the men's matches are tame compared to what we're seeing I though there's so. a lot of fire there's a lot of fire on the pitch there's and it's, it's actually fire really on the pitch a lot of yeah shirt front not shirt fronting but a lot of uh you know yeah a lot of yeah league. so it's a good Bit of tipping over yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been good. yeah. <laughs> or boxing match we just saw it just looked really physical yeah. so yeah, yeah but um yeah, yeah. I think this World Cup's going to do well. I hope it will do well. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just the the you know like the physicality that's that's great about it, but also the skill is. Oh, the skill! My goodness, they, they are the girls. Like the bravery on the teams, like oh. yeah, it's epic. I've, yeah, really enjoying this so far. Yeah, so yes. go the Matildas. It's good to see the girls playing. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's great to see a, a World Cup like this for yeah. women. It has been. Women have fought really hard to get this. Exactly. It's good. It's great that it's like become normalized Mm -hmm. now. It's Mm -hmm. fantastic. Definitely. 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 Yeah. Definitely. Yep. All right. Well, um, let's, uh, let's finish it up there. It's been good to talk to all these fun things. Um, so before we finish the show, I just wanted to shout out Patrick McCaffrey, who edits our shows for us now. So he's, uh, he's taken on the role as editor. So. Oh, okay. um, Thank you so much. Yeah. We we were joking a little bit about, you know, about getting you a pay rise and we had a bit of fun on Slack. Um, so yeah, uh, we just want to thank you so much, Patrick, for, for editing our shows. We are really, really grateful. So in case we haven't expressed that enough, we just want to express it here on the yes. show as you, as you listen, and, you. as you listen thank and you edit this for us. So I know you listen to it. It is crazy. He'll, he'll duck the level of that. Thanks a little bit higher than everything else. I'm sure. Just yeah, it is crazy, crazy Australians, like crazy Canadian cousins. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Let's, um, let's finish up there. We want to thank you all for joining us for episode 102 of the Catholics of Oz. 
And before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the Catholics of Oz. So today we want to thank Mike K, Hector M, Matthew R, Jesse J, and Thomas M. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for the Catholics of Oz and all of the other shows on StarQuest to continue. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And while you're on the SQPN website, you can go to our show notes at sqpn.com slash oz, where you'll find all the links from today's episode. And also, don't forget to sign up to the StarQuest newsletter and get um, some updates on what's happening next on, net- on the network, sqpn.com slash about slash newsletter. And you can join the conversation about all of the shows on the StarQuest network on Discord. Join the community, sqpn.com slash Discord. And you can talk about your favorite shows um, and your responses to some of the things that you've heard as well um, in that um, space. We're also on facebook.com slash Catholics of Oz, about OZ. You can link with us there if you'd like to. And don't forget all of SQPN's socials. There's facebook.com slash StarQuest Media on Twitter at SQPN, StarQuest Media on Instagram. And I think it's also StarQuest Media on threads if you've happened to move across to the thread world now. The slightly more positive thread world, I should say. We'll see how long that lasts for. Um, they're very influency. I think I've talked about that before, but that's a whole other thing. So um, if you'd like to email us as well, you can reach us at catholicsofoz at sqpn.com. Caroline, thank you so much for being part of episode 102. Thank you. And Lino, thank you as well. Thank you guys very much. 102. Are we still in party mode from 100? No, no, no. It's, I think we're over our well, 100. It took us hours to clean up after episode 100. Like the, mm. yeah, 101, we're a bit tired. I think we're, we're getting back into the groove again. Yeah, dude. Thank, thank okay, God. Thank you very much. Literally, thank Ooh. God we don't yeah. have to do that for another 98 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I'm Lizzie Sant. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 102 of the Catholics of Oz on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World. Find the show wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash mysterious.